Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the end of year festive French football weekly party. Uh, I'm Phil Philippa B, and I'm joined by Jerem Smith. Hi, Jez. Hello. Uh, we're kind of waiting on Chris, who may or may not be able to get home from work at some point, but we thought we'd crack on regardless because we're halfway through the season. Also, the COVID-related weirdness has given us a slightly different Coup de France this year than we would normally have. I hope you've been checking up on John Mainland's reviews of uh, what's been going on in the round so far, but uh, last weekend saw the legal teams getting involved, and we've already lost four of them. And there's one other to be confirmed situation. So we have had some cuts out, which is great, which is traditional. And one of them, unfortunately, Jez involves your team. Uh, but we're going to go through those and some of the other events uh, before getting onto the league stuff and where we are halfway through the season. So the biggest upset was National Tour, fifth tier, Linas Montelvi beating Angers 2-0 in regular time. This was a proper cup set. So that's the biggest one we've seen so far. Angers are out and we've got a fifth tier side who really put the hammer down there. Now, joint second, we had AS Cannes of the fifth tier beating Dijon from Ligue 2, uh, 3 2 on penalties after a 1 1 draw. So, Cannes, a very uh, storied club, Zidane involved, etc. Uh, yeah. But the other joint second was Bergerac Perigord from the fourth tier beating Mets 5-4 on penalties. Uh, did you see any of this or just the uh, fallout, Jess? Um, I didn't watch any of it. I sort of followed it as it happened or as not much happened. Um, yeah. Not miss. much to say, really. That I mean, it, I think I tweeted at the time and actually uh, Thomas, the, um, who's a big Angers fan, um, replied with, same here. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I tweeted the the saddest thing about the the result is that it's not even that surprising. Um, I think the best we can say. I mean, to be fair, Mess did make most of the running and just couldn't finish, but um, still not good enough. And all we can really say is we're now going to concentrate on the league, which you know, usually you use that when you're sort of challenging for the title or Europe, but we're challenging to to try to stay in Liga, so maybe it will, won't be such a bad thing. I think it happened a year or two ago that we had a horrific 3-0 dry and killing. I can't remember who against now. We were like on the wrong end of it. And from then we had a really good run in the league. So hopefully we'll have a bit of that again. But um, I'm not particularly optimistic. Well, you did draw at the weekend, so... Yeah, I mean... There's been a couple of bad results, but actually the, the league form has been a little bit better. And yeah, four points out of the last two games 
we'll obviously come to one of them later, but um, yeah, away draw at Lyon isn't the worst way to finish the year. Um, I think, as I've said before, my, my worry is the um, African Cup of Nations in January. So come the end of January, if we're still not, if we're not adrift, then I'll feel slightly better about things. So um, elsewhere in Copset land, we had um, fifth tier Chauvigny beat Chartres of the fourth tier, 2-1, so one level there. There was another one level cup set where Troyes were knocked out on penalties by Nancy of Ligue 2, but Nancy were down to eight men. So I think that counts as fairly impressive. I'm not entirely sure what happened there. That wasn't on TV as far as I can tell, but it looks like it was complete chaos. Elsewhere... On, on just, just very quickly on, on Nancy, um, I'm sort of a bit torn here because they're, they're Mess's biggest rivals and, and I think Mess fans are sort of split down the middle as well between sort of feeling sorry for them and, you know, wanting your rival to do sort of relatively well, but also a lot of sort of schadenfreude because they certainly weren't particularly nice about Mess when they went down to National a few years ago. But but Nancy, I think, have got the worst disciplinary record in Ligue 2 as well. I think they've got and seven they're, dismissals. They're going down and then they've they're yep. well adrift, and I think Pedretti might have quit today yep. and basically said, yeah, we're already down, which, frankly, is, to me, almost the definition of a rat leaving a sinking ship to, to kind of leave with that passing parting shot, which isn't particularly classy. But, um, yeah, they're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. There were some close calls elsewhere. Um, we had a Rouse derby where uh, sixth tier... Reims saint anne played Stade de Reims from Ligue 1. Stade de Reims won it 1-0 in the 89th minute. How gutted must you be if you were home from there? So that was um, a bit of a get-out-of-jail situation for Reims. Uh, and we also had... Um, I was watching OM versus... Canny Rochefield, which had to be inverted, uh, which is when the draw that comes out of a hat, the home and away teams are changed because Canny Rochefield, uh, who are from the fifth tier, didn't have a stadium that would uh, that the FFF would um, uh, allow. They actually opened the scoring, which made many of our Marseille fan followers shit the bed slightly but then they lost a man to a second yellow and OM kind of rolled over them afterwards um the biggest ouch result was a Bordeaux one which is nice for them um against one of the overseas teams uh Utrecht teams again sixth year from Mayotte um Jumo Mzozia or the Mzosia twins, 10-0. Unfortunate, shall we say. So uh, that was it. So uh, the all of the Petit Pousset are out, who were the seventh tier teams, including A.S. Panazol, who John Mainland has covered in a couple of his previous draws. They were put out on penalties. 
R. And we also had fifth-tier Dina Leon, um, who were playing Brest of Lyon. After a goalless draw, they lost 13-12 on penalties. I mean, again, how gutting, how gutting is that? So we've got some stuff there. So the Ligue 1 teams who are out are Lorient, Metz, Angers, and Troyes. And there's kind of one that didn't happen, which was Paris FC of Ligue 2 playing... Lyon, Liga, and the match was suspended at half time because of, yeah, chaos. And there's been some coverage of this and some interesting uh, kind of details coming out. Jez, you've got some insight into what happened there? Well, it's just, uh, I was going to say more of the same, but this one's sort of slightly different because everything about it seems slightly worse than what we've already seen sort of leading up to this um, in, in a few Liga matches. Um, yeah, basically, the uh, it was nicely poised at half-time. It was one all. it was a decent match. And then um, some PSG fans who'd got into the ground... I mean, perfectly fairly, they bought tickets, there's no issues with that, um, started goading the Lyon fans. And the Lyon fans reacted in the worst possible way, partly because out came sticks and bicycle chains and nunchucks and things like that, and partly because it didn't even turn into a sort of hooligan on hooligan action sort of thing but the Leon fans started going at um I mean just because of I think where they were placed started going at the um the Paris FC family section so by all accounts you know even women and children were being hit and attacked um obviously there's blame being thrown all over the place and to an extent Paris FC or the you know the the authorities need to take some of the blame because the sort of level of stewarding was was pitiful as yeah. in partly the numbers there weren't any by the look of exactly the, oh. there weren't any but also I think as as I sort of mentioned after the Marseille-Nice match and has been observed everywhere I mean also you know in England after the the Euro final for example stewards are you know I wonder how barely they've been trained how barely they're paid to an extent, you can understand why they're not going to sort of go out of their way to, mm-hmm. you know, stand in the way of someone swinging a, a bicycle chain around their head. I mean, exactly. So, so there has to be blame there. There has to be questions asked about PSG fans either getting in or how they got in or being allowed to to get nearly on fans to goad them. But the main bit of blame has to go with the Leon fans and the way they reacted. And again, possibly the Lyon's a club because apparently the the sort of violent groups that went up were known like they were sort of they went up in sort of you know discreetly arranged coaches and things like that so it wasn't like this was a massive surprise that these fans sort of reacted in this way so yeah again just a mess all round yet again 
at the time I was sort of a bit ambivalent about the the sort of the punishments handed out after the Nice Marseille match, which from memory was sort of the, the first of those nasty ones that we've seen this season. But I think, yeah, at the time, Liga I think set a, a, a dangerous precedent by but by probably going a little bit easy on everyone involved, and maybe that's why everyone feels they've got a license to to carry on where that match left off. This one could be different because I think it's the FFF rather than Liga or the LFP who'll be sort of meeting out punishment. So you know, there's a chance they they might throw the book. I wouldn't be surprised if Lyon are thrown out of the Coupe de France for this season, which is. I think you know the least that they can expect, but whatever. As we've said so many times before, it's been such a great first half of the season, and it's such a shame that a lot of the headlines have been taken up by this kind of thing. Exactly. So we have the draw, which will be first weekend in the new year, I think. And so we've got fifteen confirmed league arm teams in the door. There are. Two games where we will see a national team in there. We've got Bergerac Perigord, who beat Mets versus Crote Lusitanos, and Versailles versus La Roche. So we're confirmed we will have some national teams in there. There's also a couple where we've got uh, the new Petit Pousse who are the fifth-tier team, can are playing Toulouse, and Linus Monterrey, who I mentioned earlier, are playing Amiens. Um, the rest of them are going to be at home against Ligue 1 teams. So, you know, you're, you're hoping for a couple more to get through, but we will be watching out to see whether Paris FC or OL are the ones to line up against Nice, because at the moment, that's, we've got more admin disciplinary committees, etc. I think Olas has also been sanctioned again after the whole other thing with OLOM. Uh, but yeah, so kind of a bit of a mess. Meanwhile, over in the league, we had the final round of games was a midweek round which uh, was kind of unusual going into Christmas, but we had a full round on Wednesday evening all at the same time, which made it extremely difficult to keep up with what was going on. But basically Montpellier beat Angers 4-1 and had five players in Lequipe's Equipe Team of the Week plus Delolio as the best manager. So I just wanted to mention that. Jeremy, any thoughts? Um, no, <laughs> that's probably, um, there was, I did look at the team of the week and there were a couple that made me raise an eyebrow, but it wasn't any of the Montpellier ones. I mean, they mm. comfortably the most comfortable win of, of last night. So, um, yeah, I think they were good for it. So yeah, no, no issues there. Four one. So we had, um, uh, also Bordeaux two, Lille three was a, bit of a cracker. Uh, Bordeaux trying to pull themselves together and have actually started scoring, which is nice, but Neil getting in there and Jonathan David with one of the three goals. He is the top scorer of the first half of 
this season with 12. So he continues, along with Team Jonathan, to do very well. He's also, <laughs> talking of Team Jonathan, he's announced, or his agent has announced that he's going to leave yeah. in the summer and Decone is likely to sign with Fiorentina this month or January. <coughs> Sorry, any, that's any it. Any news on Bamba? Uh, no, not as far as I know. I need to have one Jonathan there. It's the law. It's like any film has to feature either Depardieu or Danielotti. Expected Jonathan's. Um, also, we had uh, Monaco beat Ren 2 1. Um, a penalty goal from Wissam Benyeda, who'd have thought it? Uh, <laughs> followed by one from Kevin Bolland, who'd have thought it? Um, Benyeda is the second player in the scores charts on 10. I don't know how many penalties, but it's at least half, I'd say. Um, I think it's only five, which I'm quite surprised about. Which is half. Yeah. I can do maths. Um, <laughs> um, we had um, Marseille drawing 1-1 with Rance, which took a 98-minute equaliser from Dimitri Payet to pull off, which was... I think we need to say why it was 98th minute. Mm-hmm. Basically, Rafs were absolutely robbed. There were three disgraceful decisions in the last five minutes and time added on of the match. Um, Rafs were leading 1-0. Coletta Sarr got away with elbowing Ekitike two or three times in the area in, in sort of the same incident. It went to VAR. They decided no penalty. The ball goes up the other end. Payet, I think it is, goes up for a header. Um, it goes wide. A Rass player sort of jumps in well after the ball has gone. I'm not even sure. I don't think it was a foul. I think most people don't think it was a foul. It went to VAR. The referee gave a penalty. And then even after that, Ekitike is basically, he beats Bubakar Kamara. Okay, on the halfway line, but no one between him and the goal. Camera scythes him down. He's already walking off the pitch, and the referee only gives him a booking. Mm. Um, we might come on later to Frederick Antonetti saying that he's been in football 30 years and the sport is completely fixed. You look at incidents like that and some of the things that have gone PSG's way this season, for example, and it's hard to argue against him. <laughs> And um, coming on to BSG, who are 13 points clear at the top of the table, um, they drew 1-1 at Lorient with a 91st minute equaliser from Icardi. And I saw that uh, you had a great thread on Twitter this week, which was basically explaining... Um, a recent Licky article in English to everybody else. Things not happy camping wise over there. Um, if you want to look, we can retweet it, look, look it out, but there is uh, still some stuff to work out for BSD. I mean, they're miles ahead. 
But this all looking massively convincing and that article that you were kind of explaining to people, translating, analyzing for people, explains maybe why that's happening. Do you just want to say a bit about that? Yeah, it's basically just the usual thing, just sort of going through all the dysfunction behind the scenes. So, you know, the Latin American clique against everyone else and um, the amazing indulgence with which the likes of Messi and Neymar um, are, are treated and, and French players thinking that um, they seem to be the scapegoats or the fool guys every time anything goes wrong. Um, it's sort of, you know, Neymar turning up late and getting away with it, Messi and others sort of unilaterally deciding they can't be bothered to train one day and getting away with it. Um, the tension between Navas and Donnarumma, the fact that um, Ooh, Pochettino the, has the, kind the of given up. about the gloves, that was top-notch bitch. It was, but then I have to say I'm sort of slightly team Navas. I mean, it was Navas that was oh, being yeah, bitchy, but, but I, mean, I am on his side here. Because, bitch. I'm not yeah. saying that in a pejorative sense. Yeah. Um, basically, it's. I mean, also, also the. Um, this wasn't in the thread, but also a reminder that you know, however diabolical Wijnaldum has been since he joined, and he missed. A, I wouldn't quite say a sitter, but a, a very, very makeable chance last night. Um, there was a, a recent story also in L'Equipe that part of the reason is because the Latin American clique has made no effort to welcome him because they're worried about him taking Paredes' place in the team. Um, you'd have thought maybe Paredes should start playing football if he wants to keep his place. But anyway, so basically just more and more and more of the same. And, and you look at the responses to to the thread that I put out and there's obviously a lot of this shows that you know Pochettino needs to get out and this this shows that Pochettino is a rubbish coach and people kind of bending it to their will lots of Liverpool fans getting involved just to make everything about Liverpool because everything always has to be about Liverpool but the, the bottom line is in my opinion it just shows that as we've known for the last 10 years it doesn't matter how much money you throw at something if it's run like a complete circus and uh, actually, a, a big PSG fan who I follow on Twitter today said, it doesn't matter, Tuchel's rubbish, Emery's rubbish, Pochettino's rubbish. Why hasn't anyone suggested that maybe Al-Khalifi's rubbish or Leonardo's rubbish? <laughs> no, you have to look at the constants over the last 10 years where, you know, nothing's changed for the better. It's all very well changing the coaches, but you've got to look elsewhere. Um, yeah. It seems very obvious to us, but... We're not the ones holding the absolute billions in our pockets. So there we go. So elsewhere in the midweek round, Nice beat Lance uh, 2-1. Um, Saint-Étienne remained rooted to the bottom of the table after being beaten 1-0 by Nantes. Brilliant uh, goal by Colomani. Really good footwork. And Saint-Étienne, after what was not so much a recovery as a kind of mild flurry, are now five losses in a row. And, oh, my Lord. Um, Trois and Brest uh, drew 1-1. OL and Metz, as we mentioned earlier, drew 1-1. And Clermont versus Strasbourg was 
postponed. I'm not entirely sure why, whether that was weather or COVID. Fog. Both. Fog? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's how we roll in France with the weather. Um, so that leaves us in a very interesting kind of halfway point. PSG, as I say, 13 points clear. Well, they're going to win. Who cares? Move on. So we've got Nice and Marseille tied on 33. Rennes and Montpellier tied on 31. Then Monaco on 29. Nantes and Lille on 28. Um, Lens on 27. Strasbourg 26. Uh, Angers and Brest on 25. Oh, well, with the game in hand. Why have I put them as having game in hand in Strasbourg? Because of the Marseille match. Oh, God, yes. So, yeah, right, fine. Uh, four games in there. So, OL on 24, Vance on 23. And Basically, then, there's only 10 points separating second from 14th, which, mm-hmm. again, if you ignore PSG running away with it, which in a way you shouldn't because they're so lucky to be that far ahead, shows, again, what a great league it is and how it is kind of, PSG aside, very competitive, unlike yep. certain other leagues where teams win 7-0. We So we've got all of that going on in the top half where all of those teams, as you implied, could be fighting for European place. The problem is we've then got a six-point drop down to... Um, I don't know what we call it. It's Christmas, so I don't want to be too harsh, but on 17 points, Troyes, Clermont and Bordeaux, on 16, Nets and Lorient, and on 12 points, and looking dead in the water is Saint-Étienne. I know you spoke um, in the last part about Messi at the bottom. It's not got any tidier uh, at this point, has it? So... What are your thoughts as we are at the the 12, the winter break, 19 games in? Do we, um, who do we yeah, see again, going, if, heading upwards? Who do we you, see? If you discount Saint-Étienne, just five points or one point separating five teams is, is close, but it's definitely those five teams, although Clermont have got that game in hand, look mm. quite cut adrift. So it does feel like there's sort of maybe one relegation place and one playoff place between those five. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I just feel like I can't sort of, I don't have any stats to confirm it, but it often feels like promoted teams will, will kind of start well and then maybe fade away. And so I worry a little bit that, that Trois and particularly Clermont are on a little bit of a sort of downward spiral. Um, Bordeaux, can't get away but you still feel that surely there's enough quality somewhere within that team and within the the management that they could have a bit of a bounce um Lorient I feel like in a way yesterday's match although they, they did get the draw and the goal was a, a, a worldie from Montcontui I feel like up till that point I mean Lorient would, probably would have it wouldn't have been unreasonable to say that had they won, it wouldn't have been robbery. I think, you know, they, they, mm. if anyone deserved to win, I'd say it was Lorient. And they just Her- had to hold on two more minutes and they would have done. 
Yeah, which which has been the case with so many teams this season against PSG. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how many points they'd have if if matches were eighty eight minutes and not ninety. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just Moffy missed minutes a couple... like the under twenties. Yeah, but um, Moffy missed a couple of good good chances, and and he just seems to have lost all form, and and they're they're strong end to last season was so much based on on his goal scoring and however good things are behind you still feel like a lot of their season depends on him and if he can refine that form I can see them climbing the table if he doesn't I can see them remaining right down there because I'm, I'm you know the defense I'm not sure is, is good enough mess as I said there's like every now and again there's sort of slight shoots green shoots of recovery um I think a lot of the problems there have been off the pitch rather than on it, but just keep repeating, so many of their squad are African international internationals for different African teams. And so I'm just so worried about what will happen to them during the African Cup of Nations. Well, given the pandemic and the civil unrest in Cameroon. I mean, it might still all be called off and you'll be fine. Well, Antonetti was certainly making the case yesterday for having it called off, funnily enough, but I think he's slightly biased. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was, a, it's very sort of parochial, it's, you know, maybe it's not for, for this podcast, it's more for a mess podcast, but on on a sort of local show this week, there was a, a kind of, interesting point raised about how MES do have a, a sort of great heritage of bringing through youth from their own youth development setup. And there's a lot of people who are very annoyed that, you know, it's all very well, Generation Foot partnership is brilliant and, and a lot of great players have come through there and made some money for MES, but, you know, there's no one coming through or being given the chance to come through from, from the local setup and, um, it's yeah. I think it's beginning to annoy some some mess fans. Hmm. So we have, as I say, a big gap at the top of the table. PSG. We've then got a good clump looking for Europe, and a good clump looking to stay up. We've also got in the Women's Champions League, uh, the quarterfinal draw has. Bayern PSG and Juventus OL, both of which would be fun. Also, a Classico, Real Madrid Barcelona and Arsenal playing Wolfsburg after Chelsea were the surprise uh, victims of the last round. So, we will be looking to see the French teams pushing their wits there. I think PSG have got a harder job against Bayern Juventus are good, but oh well, I think better. Um, so what we'll be seeing in the new year is the next round to the France. We dance starting again, and then the various European championships as well, starting I think in February. So there's a lot that's happened, um, obviously in the first half of the season. The change to the Coupe de France makes it even more interesting in that uh, it's not getting to after Christmas, which is the key thing. The league outsides have already got involved and we've already lost for them. I don't 
mean that meanly. I just, it's cool. It's interesting. It's a group de France, it's cup sets. So we're going to obviously take uh, a week or so off to eat turkey, chocolates, uh, watch terrible films and that kind of stuff. And we'll be back after the uh, first round of games, hopefully, uh, whether that's the cup games of the first league round, we'll, we'll see how we get. But um, until then, um, thank you ever so much for listening and all, for your, all your questions and your comments and your shares and likes this year. Thank you so much. Can I just quickly finish the half season with my stat of the season? You want your stat. I want my stat. I give you your stat, Jez. This is my stat of the season. And I have to say this, say this as a huge fan of Messi for what it's worth. I'm definitely team Messi over team Ronaldo and all of that rubbish. But, you know, he was going to walk into Liga and it would be so embarrassing because it would be a hat trick every week or whatever. So far, Adil Rami has twice as many um, league and goals as Lionel Messi at the halfway point of the season. Ladies and gentlemen, we leave you with that thought and our <laughs> best wishes for the festive period and best wishes for New Year because please, God, it's better than the last one. See you on the other side. Enjoy your French football and we'll speak to you very soon.